We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. Watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. You're listening to the Extra Point Show with Sal Capaccio on WGR Sports Radio 550. We have to incorporate this into like some Christmas holiday music here. That's what we got to do. This this could go well, Josh, with like Mannheim Steamroller or Trans Siberian Orchestra, right? I mean, this is kind of the rockin' music they play. Yeah, Republica. yeah, I think so. I, I I'm wondering if they've ever done a Christmas album. I'd have to look. I'm not really sure. I'm not too familiar with them other than this song. That would be that would be like when you go to the club and like they mix all these tunes together and the big beats and you match it. You know, I I was a DJ back in the college days and that's when I would you know and because I have you know I'm a drummer so rhythm and beats and things like that they I'm good with it I guess I'd say so you'd have to match up the bam bam and then you kind of let it go and let it go and then the next song and there it is you're like wait a minute that was a cool transition and that was when you used even back then I mean we used CDs. But vinyl was the way to go. I think a lot of DJs are using vinyl these days, but it's kind of like the electric vinyl now. When you have the, they have all the, um, all the equipment there, and you open it up. Looks like records, but it's not really a record. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, they're like, it's. I don't even know what you would call it then. Like it's, it's just kind of a fraud. <laughs> well, it's like a digital. It's a dig. Yeah, it's a digital. You know, DJ machine. Either way, not sure why we opened up with that, except if that's a rockin' tune on a Friday here because it's a Buffalo football Friday. And it's also Christmas weekend, kind of, sort of, right? Monday's Christmas, Sunday's Christmas Eve, Santa's coming down the chimney, Christmas Eve. It's going to be good weather. We're not going to have a white Christmas, but we're going to have a great Christmas. So hope everybody out there is having a um, fantastic start to their holiday weekend. Sal Capaccio here on the Buffalo Football Friday Extra Point Show. We got a lot to get to today. Uh, including Paul Hamilton at the bottom of the hour. And a lot to get to and not much time for me. I'm going to be here for an hour, and then I'm going to hand it off to Josh Schmidt and Zach Jones. I think it's both of you, right? Zach's coming in as well, Josh. It's going to be you and Josh. Yeah, you and I'm going to drag them along. 11, correct? We're going we're gonna to have some fun <laughs> you're gonna on, be bringing, a, on a Friday. I, I think you're going to be okay. It's <laughs> on a Friday. You're going to be okay. It is a Just remember, it's a Buffalo football Friday. you got to read a couple things every once in a while, okay? Oh, Including for sure. to tell everybody that a Buffalo Football Friday is presented by Topps Markets. Score big savings and elevate your food game. So we will not have Sean McDermott today because we had him yesterday. If you missed that, you can find it on demand at WGR550.com. It is a Buffalo Football Friday, and we're going to get you ready for the Bills and the Chargers. And I'll go through the NFL schedule and talk about the injuries and yesterday an injury report and guys going on IR and maybe guys coming off IR, all of that. But how can I not start with the Sabres. What a fantastic way to start the Christmas holiday weekend. What a great Christmas present and holiday present for all Sabres fans out there. I read, did you see the stat, Josh, about scoring, uh, allowing nine goals and then scoring nine goals in the history of the NHL? Did you see the stat on this? Yeah, but I don't remember. It's it's happened, what, like 15 times or something like that? I, I will say this. The one I saw, the Sabres, this is the stat I saw last night. The Sabres last night became the first team since 1983. I was 10 years old in 1983. Mm -hmm. First team since the Red Wings in 1983 to allow nine goals in a game and their next game score nine goals. Wild, right? It's incredible. We actually had someone call in this morning with that stat, but did you know the teams that Detroit did it to? 
I have to confess, I saw the Canucks was one of them. Like that the maybe team, they scored either they scored yeah. or allowed the Canucks. Hold on. And then they scored on. Let's see. I don't know. I have no idea who so, they scored nine against. So the Canucks beat them by nine with nine goals. Okay. They scored nine Hold against on, Toronto. Hold on. Don't tell me. Oh, I thought you wanted to. I thought. Oh, I, thought I didn't know. Right. I wanted to guess. That's okay. <laughs> no, it's okay. It's okay. That's back in the and that was back in the Norris Division days. I bet you might have been right before that. But see, I didn't grow up with the Leafs and Sabers in the same division. I grew up with the Leafs in the Norris Division in the other conference, even in Detroit. And Detroit even. Detroit was in the, the other conference, the Campbell Conference. It was wild, weird back then. Geography kind of didn't matter. Like the Western, what is now the Western Conference, Toronto and Detroit were playing in, which is kind of crazy, right? So that doesn't surprise me because those teams used to play all the time. You'd turn on Hockey Night in Canada, you'd see like Detroit playing at Toronto. doesn't surprise me that happened. There's And hey, even the Canucks, right? A, a Canadian team. It's an incredible stat. It's an incredible turnaround. And... I, I want to be obviously happy about it. I am happy about it. I want to be optimistic about it because, hey, this is what they can do. Think about the teams they've beaten now. At home against Toronto, at Toronto, at Boston, at the Rangers, at the Golden Knights. What the heck is going on where they can't beat the other regular average teams and bottom feeders of the league consistently? That's what's missing. That's what's so frustrating about it. Yeah, it's great. I love it. I love the fact that this team is... You know, they go out and they paced. They paced the Toronto Maple Leafs. The Leafs at home. All those Leafs fans coming over the border to take over the arena. And it was done midway through the second period. I mean, they have enough firepower to come back, but it was done midway through the second period. It was a fantastic night. I did not go. I was thinking about going. We actually had a cookie exchange at my son's school we wound up going to, which was really cool. Had some nice cookies. But I, part of the reason was, to be honest with you, Josh, like, had to make the decision, and I'm like, I don't know if I want to be in that building if they get rolled again by all those Leafs fans. I'm going to want to punch somebody, and then it's going to go viral, and I'm going to lose my job. I didn't want to do that. There were, I wouldn't really punch anybody. There were a lot of But Leafs you know fans. what I mean? Yeah, no, I know exactly what you mean. Um, I, I, I don't know if you saw it, but before the game, Mitch Marner on the Leafs said that, you know, it's, oh, it's so great that our fans get to come down here. You know, the tickets are always cheaper, and it's nice to have a, have a home away from home or something like that. And it's like, oh. dude, like... Man. You're going to say that and then you're going to give up nine goals like three hours later? Like, come on. That's, right. That's crazy. It is not untrue, though, right? It is not untrue. We know that. I mean, they, it is oh, cheaper. Yeah. They do have a lot of fans. They bring them here. They come. In fact, I've gone to games against, like, the Bruins or the Canadians, and you get Maple Leafs fans here because they tell me, we can't go to games in Toronto. We love hockey. It's just well, too expensive. I went to the Detroit so game. Here. I went to the Detroit game a few weeks back, and there was a row of people from Canada. I don't know where in Canada. I don't know if it was Toronto, but... They were all Red Wings fans, and they're like, yeah, we've only been to like one hockey game ever because, you know, right. the Scotiabank always sells out and everything like that. And it's like, wow, <laughs> I mean, I guess, but I don't know. If you're Detroit fans, why are you living in Toronto? <laughs> well, you know, I mean, I guess you could live anywhere and be a fan of any team, but the point is, you're right. I mean, they did. They Again, lots of Maple Leafs fans, and by the end of the game, I we were at home by the end of the game, and... I said to my son, Max, before we went to bed, I'm like, we got to watch the end of this, right? I know it's late, but I want you to watch because this is sweet. Like, this this is great when you beat the Leafs at home like this. And as the game was winding down and Dan Dunleavy's on the call, there's like 20 seconds left. And I just turned up the sound. Honestly, I did. I just turned up the sound. I'm like, I just want to hear the fans because I don't, because there's no Leafs fans cheering now. It's only Sabres fans. And this is great. I just want that feeling so badly every single game no matter if it's against the Leafs or anybody else. And it just doesn't happen enough. They're so inconsistent. It's incredible. And last night's like, I said it. Remember yesterday, Josh, on the air, I said, if they win tonight, I'm going to pull out the Godfather 3 meme, every, which is Al Pacino saying, every time I'm out, they pull me back in, right? Which is what happened last night. When I, now, I'm not out. I'm not really out, but when I'm pessimistic, there's, oh, my God, they're not going to do anything. Here we go again. Another season, no playoffs. Then you go and have a game like that, like you did at Boston, like you did at the Rangers, like you did at the Knights. It's maddening. So it's a it's a mix today of totally happy, thrilled, great game. You beat that team like that in your building in front of those fans. Oh, my God. It's awesome. And it's so frustrating, though, to think, why can't you do that every night? Why can't you play like that on a night-in, night-out basis? And... It was interesting to me in the post game. So we have the post game audio available for you at WGR550.com. 
Don Granado, I again, this is the second game in a row now where I actually waited to listen to the post game instead of maybe the next day. A lot of times I'll wake up, I'll say, what did Don say about the game? You know, whether they win or lose. It's not that important to me in the moment to kind of wait. So normally I kind of wait till the next day. The last two games, because of the 9-4 loss against Columbus, and then the 9-3 win, and how it all was going to sound, I said, I got to listen to Don Granado. So I waited up the other night to hear what he said after the loss. And as I said yesterday on the air, I didn't love it. Didn't love what he sounded like. He needed a new message. Like, it just seems like the same old message. It's coming out, and they got to have something different. So then I'm waiting. Okay, what's he going to say after this win? And one thing I do think is interesting. There was a question asked of him about basically the system, and do you think, like, is it time to, or have you been? And I have to remember how it was asked, and I apologize I think if a name I remember might have been Lance Lasowski that asked him, but either way, because Don asked, Don gave it an answer, and whoever it was, I think it might have been Lance. He's like, "Can you give me more? Because we got to kind of write about it, right?" Um, the question was essentially, "Do you like kind of need to go back to your system from last year and just see where the the chips fall?" And Granado basically said yes, right? So we've heard this whole year. You go, last year you have this high-flying system, scoring goals. Oh, my God, look at this team. Yeah, they're young. They make mistakes in their own end. But look at the goals. Look at the red light. Right? Like, it was great. And they get one point away. So they go into the offseason. They come into this season. And what's been the message a lot? Defensive responsibility, own end, don't make mistakes. And we all think that's kind of stifled them offensively. It just it bears out, right? It's got to be the fact. I'm not saying that you shouldn't be responsible on your own end, of course, but it just seems like this is a group that was told, and we've said this, Bulldog has said it many times, and it's right. They were told for a whole year, go, 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 go. Don't worry about mistakes in your back end. Use your talent. Be young. Be high-flying. Be energetic, talented, score goals. Go, go, go. Well, then you get a point away from the playoffs, and it's, okay, well, we can't do that anymore because we got to make sure we're buttoned up on our own end. So, yep, all that talent you have. You can't use it like you did last year. You got to make sure that you're not going go, go, go. You got to make sure that you're more defensive responsibility, right? And, and that's, that, that has borne out to a mistake has hurt them too often now because they're still making mistakes. But now they couldn't score their way out of it because they're trying too hard to probably make up for that mistake in their own end. So last night after the game, after they score nine goals, Granados asked, well, like, and again, I don't remember the exact way the the question was phrased about changing the system and going back to the way that they played last year. And he looks at whoever asked, and I think it might've been Lance. He says, you said it. And then, then he was asked to expand on it. And he basically said, yes, like that's, that's what we need to do. Like when you, when you, we need to go back to playing that. And that's the message we've been giving them. Okay. So I'm going to tell you, I'm here for it. Let's do it. Let's go. I mean, We've been told for a year, and we've seen for a year, that this team is so high-flying, so talented, young players, giving them contracts, go, 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 play like that, don't worry about it. You know what? Just keep doing that. Let's, let's see where the chips fall. I mean, you might as well now. You're 14, 17, and 3, right? 14 and 20 overall when you count it. And you're well behind a playoff spot right now. There's still plenty of hockey left when I say that. There's what? 50 games left. It's just short of that. I think 48 games maybe. But there's plenty of hockey if you can get on a run. If you can win five, six in a row. I know it's a lot to ask, but even three, four in a row gets you right back in the mix, I think. But if you can win five, six in a row, and and to me, the only way this team is doing that is if they go back to go, go, go. That's what they got to do. And uh, fine. Devin Levi is, he's not the, you know, all NHL goalie he might be someday right now. But I... I'm going to trust Devin Levi to clean some things up. And if they make a mistake and that's what you got to do that, I think he's played well enough to do that UPL too. at times. It hasn't been as clean lately, but that's what I want to see. Just go, just go, go, go. All right. Because that's what you're best at. That's going to give them the best opportunity. Last night, yesterday on the radio here on the show, I went through the Leafs record of, I couldn't believe. And I, and I still can't believe it's amazing. The Leafs, record coming into the game of regulation, their regulation record. Let me let me get this for you for a second. Um, here we go. Let me pull this up. Regulation record. So this is 
just at the end of regulation time before you go into overtime or a shootout. All right. Let me give it to you now. It's amazing to me. The Leafs, nine, eight, and 13. At the end of the third period, they've won nine and lost eight. At the end of the third period, the Sabres have won 13 and lost 17. Now, percentage-wise, the Leafs are still better. But isn't that wild in the standings? You think about it. We had Carlo Koliakovo on yesterday, and he said, the way the Leafs are currently constructed, they're not winning a Stanley Cup. I said, why? He said, because their defense stinks. Oh, my God, yes, it does. And Samsonov was awful yesterday. I mean, that's a team. <coughs> Excuse me. That's a team I think the Sabres can match up with in a seven-game series right now. I'm not sure they can with a lot of other teams in the East, but they can that team. And they beat them. One they they scored. Josh, do you remember they scored six goals last time they played the Leafs, and then nine goals this time around, right? With yeah, six goals in their building. Not a great uh, goal differential if you're the Leafs. Looking at seven goals for yourself, and then what would that be? That'd be 17 goals against from the right. Sabers. I just I loved I loved last night. I I I don't want to completely buy in until this team starts showing me some consistency. That's really what it comes down to, I guess. I love it. It was great last night. Great way to kick off the holiday weekend. And now you got to do it again because they can't win two in a row. They haven't won two in a row. They've won two in a row one time this entire season. That was October 29th and November 1st. They beat the Avs 4 nothing here in Buffalo. Great game. And then they go to Philadelphia and win 5-2. to The next game after that was when Philadelphia just destroyed them here in Buffalo. And then they went to Toronto and won in that game we were just talking about, 6-4. But that's the last time they won two in a row. So now I get a chance to win two in a row again tomorrow night. Guess where? MSG at the Rangers, one of the top teams in the league. I mean, the next couple of games, Rangers, Bruins. Then you have some opportunity. You got it. To me, you got to get a couple points out of these couple of games. I'm not expecting them to win every game. Get a couple points. Rangers, Bruins. If you can get, if you can get one point from each game, you can win one of these games. Drop another. I, I'm okay with that. I'd love to see two wins in a row here, of course. But these are tough challenges. Get two points out of this. It'd be great to get three. But then after that, there's some opportunity. Yes, Columbus, who just waxed you in your own building. But you have Columbus, Ottawa, Montreal, Pittsburgh, Seattle, Ottawa, Vancouver, San Jose, Chicago. That's opportunity right there. Opportunity for points. Opportunity to get on a run. You have, you have a little stretch here with the Rangers, the Bruins, the Blue Jackets. Then you're on the road for three. Then you're home for six. And they have to play better in their own building like they did last night. Great night last night downtown. If you were there, I'm sure you loved it. Unless you're a Leafs fan, of course. 803-0550, the number to call. In the meantime, Sabres tomorrow night, 7.30 p.m. against the Rangers. Bills tomorrow night, 8 p.m. against the L.A. Chargers. Yesterday, the Bills placed Jordan Phillips on injured reserve. So they now only have 52 men on their active roster. What does that mean? Well, they have one spot open. That could go maybe to Kyrie Elam, who has to be activated by next Wednesday. I believe it is before if he doesn't, he's going to be lost to IR for the year. Or you could activate Daquan Jones, who's questionable to play and not on the active roster yet coming back from IR. You could activate him. He doesn't have to be active for the game. He could be active on the 53, but then you just don't play him tomorrow, make him inactive for the game. You could do that. Elevate Ilyanku or someone like that. There's some options here. In the meantime, it's a loss, Jordan Phillips and IR. But that's one position where they have some more depth. So it's not fatal, of course. And what it means is he has to miss the last three regular season games and he can't play in the first round of the playoffs that the Bills were to make the playoffs and play that weekend. He, he wouldn't be able to play. That would be, and if the Bills somehow, there is like a .000 something percent for them chance to get a bye, like the one seed, that actually would count. That weekend would count as a game he would miss so he could come back the next week anyway, if that were the case. That's just how the IR rules work. We also know that Micah Hyde is tomorrow. Um... Sean announced that with me here on the Extra Point Show yesterday on his weekly radio appearance, and I asked him if that means he could still go on IR, and he said, you know, everything's, you never know, they're still working through that stuff, but the fact he hasn't gone on IR, the fact that he is out there working, I still think is encouraging. They could get AJ Epinesa back, we'll see about that. And then there's Ty Johnson, who's questionable, and y'all keep telling me how much you want to see Leonard Fournette, and there he is, right? Is Leonard Fournette going to get elevated? I don't know. We'll see about that. The elevations for the Bills, practice squad elevations for the Bills, do not have to be in until 4 o'clock tomorrow. Until 4 o'clock tomorrow. So even though they play on a Saturday at 8, they can actually make the elevations by 4 o'clock. Um, they could announce it today, what they're going to do. But the official word doesn't have to come down until tomorrow at 4 o'clock. And then we'll know exactly you know, what the Bills want to do. 803-0550.
is the number to call. We are going to head out to Sean in Connecticut. It's going to get us rolling here on a Friday. Paul Hamilton at the bottom of the hour on the Sabres. And Sean wants to talk Bills. What's going on, buddy? Hey, guys. How you doing? And I uh, love the Godfather reference earlier there. That was awesome. I <laughs> laughing there. Um, so I was, uh, I was in Buffalo for the Cowboys weekend, and I, I, I got to tell you, I didn't realize how awesome the Key Bank Center was with the Bandits. I mean, that crowd was – Oh, yeah. I, I thought that was – that was one of the – I've never had so much fun at a venue. It was just so unexpected, and um, I didn't realize how cool that was. And, and Deion Dawkins was there, which was really neat. Like you were talking earlier, I think, uh, about how well he is in the community, and he's, he's always out there. Yep. I thought that was just awesome. But anyway, and the game – Sean, wait, before you go, let me, before you get to your point. Go ahead. Yeah, before you get to your point, let me tell you, I'm so glad you brought this up. I agree. Like, I didn't – when I grew up, we didn't have much lacrosse here in Buffalo. I went to Syracuse. Lacrosse was big, but I never really got into the sport, into the sport. But, man, like, my son's into it. We've gone down there. It is an event. You're right. It is amazing. The energy in that building, I want to replicate that for every Sabres game. That's what I want. The Bandits fans are so passionate. They're amazing. They dress up. I love it. I mean, they're so they're so into it. And it's such a great vibe in that building. I'm so glad you brought that up. And, I mean, I was blown away the first couple of times I went to a game. And it is truly awesome to go down there for a game. And that was the night you went to the banner raising, correct? Yeah, yep, that was their first game, um, so they, they were able to, to come out on top. They were down, I think it was like 7-5 to five at halftime, and then they came out and just knocked in like three three scores right away. I, I just, I was pumped. I was like, this 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 is great. I mean, they, they got like an MC throughout the, the process. Yeah, I know, I know, right? Back and forth, and I'm like, this is, I'm like, this is so cool. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. Really cool. It's but, a vibe. You know, um, real quick, because I don't, I don't want to tie up the line here for all you guys, but yeah, I'm thinking ahead. I know there's a lot of football here, but I, you know, with Tredavious White um, and his contract, love the guy. Okay, I want to just start off by that. But is that something that I, I guess I don't understand how that whole thing works with his injury? Is he going to be the same player um, with all that money tied up and, and the Bills being so strapped? I kind of go back to the lawyer Malloy days when Belichick let him go because it was a you know, money situation. Um, how does that work if if he can't come back? to his standard um, and he doesn't want to play anymore or you know what I mean? Like, I, I guess. I, what well, do I don't think that will happen. I would be stunned if he didn't want to play anymore, but, but let me, let me explain his contract to you. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. So next year, Tredavious white is on the books for $16.6 million of a cap hit. If the bills were to release him before June 1st, they would save six of that, but they would take a $10.3 million dead cap hit, which means you'd be paying $10 million to not have him on your roster as opposed to having him on your roster for 16. And I don't, I don't think the Bills are interested in that. I think the Bills think that and would believe Tredavious White can still come back and be a really, really good corner. He was this year getting rounding into that form after an ACL injury. I'll also point out he's only 28. I mean, he's going to be 29 next year. I mean, yeah, I know that corners can kind of drop off, but that's not super old. And I know people have talked about maybe moving him to safety, things like that. I think Rasul Douglas would be more of a guy that you would think about moving to safety. He's actually played that in his career. I, I think we do this thing sometimes, Sean, not that you're doing this specifically, but I think it's a good point because I think we do this thing sometimes where if we don't think a guy necessarily could be as good as he should be, we'll just move on from him. But there's nothing wrong with having really good players on the team, even if they're not as good as they, sh- as good as they were or if they're in a backup role. Right. I mean, the more good players you have, the better. And yes, I think there's decisions to be made next year. Christian Benford, he could also maybe transition to safety or you could have three really good corners and then just let them sort it out. And maybe you can tweak Tredavious White's contract to adjust some of that money and, you know, not have him count as much on the books, but push a little bit down the road. Understood. Understood, man. Well, listen, have a safe flight, safe travel. Oh, one last question. Do the practice squad yeah. players travel with the team? Uh, that's up to every team, and not every week it's the same. Um, generally, the entire practice squad does not, uh, but sometimes you will get that. It depends on what they want from certain players to be around and uh, kind of get experience at, if that makes sense. right? Sometimes it's valuable for practice squad players to travel with the team and get some experience doing what they're doing. Um, sometimes they'll leave guys back home for rehab, for a little extra work, a little weight room work. So it's all different for every team. Okay, very good. All right, safe travels. Merry Christmas to you guys. Go Bills Mafia, man. Let's do it. All right, Sean. Merry Christmas to you, too. Thanks for calling. 
803-0550. It's a good question. We do do this thing where sometimes, well, Tredavious White, he's not going to be the same player, just cut him. And I'm not saying Sean said that, but I get that a lot. And I mean, I understand. Like, he's got a big number. He's coming off two major injuries. But it costs $10 million just on the cap just to get rid of him. You would save six, but it's an extra 10 that you're just sitting there. It's dead, and he's not even on your team. I don't know. I, I just don't. I just don't think it's something that they're interested in. What I think is more probable, he's got two years left on his deal, by the way. What I think is more likely is that they go to him and adjust his contract a little bit and maybe um, you know, see where it goes. But you have to remember, every player's different where I think Tredavious is the kind of player that they fully believe that he will work really hard and come back and be really good again. But you never know. That's up to the doctors, the trainers, the team to look into all of that. Um, that phone call, by the way, as all, as all phone calls are, are getting connected with our fans. It's brought to you by Northtown Kia, Western New York's number one Kia dealer. Shop online at NorthtownKia.com. Mark in Tonawanda. Hi, Mark. Hey, Soundmakers. You and the family, man. Um, you too. I just I just want to say that, uh, thank you. I um, It's going to kill me, but I think it's time to move on from Trey White. I don't think <clears> even this year he was the same player that he's been in last year, at the end of last year. He was just bad, and this injury... Um, it's just going to be really tough, especially the cornerback position. I just don't see uh, the value. But when it, it's, what you're saying about the money actually you know, really does make sense. I just think they're in a tough spot. Uh, both parties are in a tough spot, actually. But, uh, yeah, I wanted, to add, and I wanted to ask you about the Von Miller situation and how that comes into play. He's clearly um, lost a step, too, in what the Bills' options are going into next year. And also – I hate seeing Josh Allen on this injury report. I know he's a full participant, but what's going on with his with his shoulder? Every time he runs, you know, it's just because I see him on the injury report. Do I kind of hold my breath? But uh, I'm gonna have a listen, Sal. Thanks, man. Yeah, you got it, Mark. So on Vaughn, of course, you know we all see that he's not been the same player. Plus, he has the legal situation going on, and the Bills are gonna let that play out and see where it goes. And then they're gonna have to make decisions in the off season. But again, that's another one. You're not you're not doing anything with Von Miller. I mean, money wise, you want to get rid of Von Miller this this coming off season? It's it's almost impossible. It's like forty million dollars basically against your cap. Thirty two dead money, another eight that you wouldn't even be saving. Like you'd have to charge yourself. So that's forty forty million because of the reworked contract he had last year. So that's just not going to happen. Um, you're tied to him now. The legal situation could come into play, and something could happen there. So we'll see how all that plays out. In the meantime, um, but I would say that. Oh, let me look at this. Part of Vaughn's contract next year, 6.4 guaranteed on March 21st. So I guess you could mitigate some of that, but it's still a, a big number. Um, there's been people, I think Spot Track, uh, Mike Giannetti wrote about this too, and you can go check it out. Mark, on your other question, um, oh man, I forgot real quick. He had it and I had it and I wanted to talk about it. Uh, he said Tredavious White, he said Von Miller, and then he said, what else was it, Josh? Do you remember what he said? Oh my gosh, Mark, tweet me. You had it. I had it. And I had something, I had a thought for you on it too. And I didn't write it down. This is what happens. I'm too busy filling up my brain with Christmas shopping. I'm going to remember what Mark said, his last point. I'm going to look around the roster and figure out what he was talking about here. All right, Mark, I know you'll tweet me and let me know. In the meantime, we'll come back and we'll take a timeout. I'll have it for you. After, I, I'm going to remember it. Mark's going to tweet me. He's going to tell me. I'm going to give you the answer to that because I remember it. And then uh, we're going to get to Paul Hamilton on the other side of that after this timeout here on a Buffalo Football Friday on WGR. <laughs> It's Paul Hamilton. That's what they called me in college. It's the bone. He has the facts to back up his opinions. People ask me, well, how are the Sabres going to win tonight? I don't have a clue. On WGR Sports Radio 550. I think conventional wisdom would say the Sabres would not have won last night. And then they go out and smoke the Leafs 9-3 to just a couple days after they lose 9-4 to one of the lesser teams in the NHL. Before I get to Paul Hamilton... Okay, thank you all who tweeted at me to remind me what Mark's question was, including Mark. I could not remember the last one. He had three things he talked about, and then he wasn't on the line anymore. It was Josh Allen on the injury report. He said, I'm worried. Why is he always in the injury report with the shoulder? So here's the deal. Anytime a player is really getting treatment on something, even if they don't mispractice or they're limited or they're full participants, it's you're going to be listed. You're supposed to be listed. That's the normal protocol. Josh was listed on the injury report several weeks ago with his shoulder. And then he wasn't. And he was a full participant and everything was great. If you remember then, Joe Burrow on that night game gets hurt, has a wrist injury. And there was a, a video of him with a wrist like brace on before the game. And 
the Bengals actually got investigated by the NFL for whether or not they had a proper injury report with him saying, hey, he was probably something was going on and you didn't list it. So that's a hefty fine. That's that could be doc draft picks. That never happened. They said they didn't violate anything. The next day or so, Josh Allen was back on the injury report and other players around the league were back on the injury report that maybe hadn't been. And I think it's just basically making sure, hey, let's just not get in trouble for anything. He's got any kind of work being done on it. You know, we're going to do that. But anyway, I wouldn't be worried about it, Mark. Yeah, I get it. Like, it's just just means that in some way he's getting some sort of treatment on it. But that would be pretty normal. He's a quarterback. He runs, he throws and he gets tackled and things like that. But that to me is why. He's showing up every week just to make sure they're buttoned up. They don't get in trouble. Hey, if something were to happen, you don't want the league to raise any flags. Why didn't you have him on there? Anything like that. All right. That said, let's get to Paul Hamilton. His appearance is brought to you by Equitable Advisors. Planning for your future is about more than just money. Let Equitable be your guide. And by Raylax Honda. Raylax, we got this. Holy cow, Paul. Um, I think I opened up by saying the other day to you, what the heck happened? So I'll ask the same question, but with a different kind of tone. What the heck happened last night? You mean you didn't end your show last yesterday by saying the Sabres were going to score nine goals and win? I, I did not do that. It's been 40 <laughs> years, 40, since a team let up nine and then scored nine in their next game. Amazing. I would have thought it never happened if you want the honest to God truth. 1983 um, but, Red Wings. Yeah. Someone had the stat. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is high. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission last night amazing it's kind of interesting too that the toronto maple Leafs were on the back end of that one too <laughs> detroit scored nine goals on them uh so they, yeah they, you know that's, that's right kind of funny that uh, they were they were involved in both of them but yeah it just the mystery of this hockey team just continues and uh i <laughs> it's just a loss for words now there were a couple things that went into this one i can tell you Talking to Rasmus Dahlin after the game, he was mad. He did not like at all the way Don Granado was treated after the loss to the Columbus Blue Jackets. He thought people were taking unfair shots at Granado. He heard the fans yelling to fire Donnie. And as he said, that's crazy to him. And he said it was also a wake-up call to the team. Maybe that they were getting their coach fired, the way they were playing type of a thing. You know, and their co- one thing, whether win or lose, I can tell you this. This is a very, very close team. And what you, you know, they're not just giving lip service with that. And if you attack one of them, you attack all of them. And they acted like that. As he said afterwards, he got too much heat for that other game. He didn't deserve it. And it, he goes, it was us that didn't play well, not him. And uh, he's, he mentioned it was a wake-up call. And then I asked other players about it, and Kyle Oposo said, you know, absolutely. But he said, we didn't want to sit here and talk about it. We wanted to go out on the ice and show, you know, that we had Donnie, Don Granado's back. And Jeff Skinner said the same thing, that they're family. And they wanted to have his back. So that was a big part of motivation for them to play the way they did. But the other thing was, it's the first game all year that their top six forwards were there. And somebody might be Mm. saying, wait a minute, that was Quinn's second game. Well, remember, Skinner wasn't there the first game that Quinn played. Yep. So... They decided, maybe a little late, you know, maybe Don Granado should have decided this even without Quinn in the lineup or 
that they were just going to forget about trying to play better defense and everything that they were trying to improve on last year. Let's just go out and play like last year. And that's exactly what they did. And mm-hmm. I thought they played – I know they gave up three goals, but if we're all being honest here, two of the three, Levi would say he should have had. I know he would. Mm-hmm. I mean, Austin Matthews had one shot. He is the leading goal scorer in the National Hockey League with 26. They held him to one shot. It was a shot from the right wing wall that, by the way, went in the net. And it shouldn't have. I mean, he spun. Obviously, he surprised Levi by shooting as he was spinning. He was right on boards. It wasn't screened. It wasn't tipped. It just went right through the pads and into the net. So two of the three goals should should have been stopped. And after two periods, they allowed the number two scoring team in the National Hockey League 15 shots. I thought they were excellent on defense. And what they were doing is now they had the confidence on offense. They, they just played like they did last year. It's like, let's go. You know, all right, we stopped the rush. Let's get the puck up ice with speed. Let's attack. Uh, let's play with pace. And it's the first time they've had the six guys in, in the top six that did that last year and scored a heck of a lot of goals by doing it. So, you know, I thought de- – Good defense led to very good offense last night. Now, let's be honest, too. The Leaf goaltending was horrible also. I mean, Buffalo right. scored some goals that they shouldn't have scored. I mean, Sam- Samsonov let in at least two that he shouldn't have let in. I mean, the one to Tage Thompson went right under his glove. I mean, and that wasn't a Tage Thompson bullet. Maybe that's what fooled him, that Tage put a changeup on him, and it went right <laughs> under his glove yeah. and in. You know, so um, – but that was last year's team. They just said, you know what, let's just play like we did last year. And it's kind of freewheeling hockey and let's roll. But in this game, I don't think they sacrificed defense at all. I think they were very good on defense. Interestingly, he put Connor Clifton out there with power. And I, I've been saying all along, you don't want Connor Clifton playing 20 minutes a game. But he responded. I thought he and Power were excellent. Connor Clifton played almost 19 minutes. And what it also did, it got a right-handed shot off playing left defense. You had your three lefties playing left defense, and you had your three righties playing right defense. The third pair was the Johnson. I called them the Johnson brothers. They actually could be father and son, Ryan and Eric Johnson. (laughs) But, uh, you know, Ryan played left. Eric played right. It got Eric off the left side. And uh, I think that would help them defensively too. But I, ever since that Boston game, Connor Clifton, I mean, I didn't have Connor Clifton in eight games having eight assists on my bingo card. I mean, I, I was wondering if he would have eight assists all year because he's not an offensive defenseman. But, um, you know, I thought they killed plays. I thought they were excellent. They were plus five on the night, not that plus minus it means all that much, but still when it's out of whack like this, I usually will mention it. And, and I thought Clifton was very good defensively for them. Well, it's a different animal for the next two games because what I mean is I think you go, go, go against Toronto and use your speed because you can outscore them. Yep, you might get, you have some chances. As you said, they played really good defense. Now you have the Rangers and the Bruins coming up. I guess the question then is, do you try to button back up or just keep saying, go, 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 if you're Don Granado? I listened to the last night's press conference. I watched it, actually. You were there. I thought it was really interesting how he spoke about getting back to just letting them play like they did last year. I'm just wondering if he's willing to do that against the next two teams, which are a different animal when it comes to not having the same, you know, basically Swiss cheese defense like Toronto does. No, yeah, I, I think they are willing to do it if the Rangers and Bruins will let them. Uh, if they can get to their game and do it, Granado has talked about, you know, he believes in offense. That's how he thinks you win. You you score goals. He also thinks it's boring to sit there and, and, and just play all defense. But, you know, he, he realized last year it maybe cost him too many games where they weren't buttoned down defensively, so they tried to – be better at it and they were I mean last night playing the way they did last year it gets back to what I know I know fans and you are probably sick of hearing from me 
when they play the style that Don Granado wants them to play, they 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 are a good hockey team and they usually win. They just don't do it enough. Example again. They've done it twice now against the Toronto Maple Leafs. In two games against the Toronto Maple Leafs, they scored 15 goals and beaten them both games. Um, they beat the New York Rangers 5-1 to one by playing the way Don Granado wants them to. You know, the Rangers were turning the puck over, and it was at Madison Square Garden just last month. And the Rangers were turning the puck over, and it, it – they they play well now. It's going to be more. I think it's going to be more difficult tomorrow, because the Rangers are not going to be happy campers. The, mm-hmm. Trust me, Peter Laviolette is going to bring up that game that the Sabers beat them five to one in their building, and I think you're going to see a much better New York Ranger team that shows up. That doesn't mean the Sabers can't win. Anytime the Sabers want to play the way Don Granado wants them to play, they can beat anybody. I I think they're a very good team. I think that's the that's the team we thought was a playoff team, you know, and they can be a playoff team if if they decide they want to play like that night in and night out. I think they are they are a playoff team. Now it's going to be hard to get in. I mean, look at how well they played last night. They all they did is keep pace. They didn't gain any ground. They're still seven points out because the out of town scoreboard was not kind to them. So, but. They won, They had to win a game, or they would have been nine points out. So they they kept pace and are seven points out now. The teams in front of them all have games in hand, but they have to win those games in hand too. Don't forget, yep. they, they aren't they aren't just because they have games in hand doesn't mean they're going to win them all or, or win any. No, of them. So they have to win those games too. And the Sabers need to just keep winning. Paul Hamilton on the Western Hotline. Before I let you go, let me ask you about the goaltending situation going forward. Has Devin Levi done enough to kind of retake the net, I guess? Um, or do you see him and UPL splitting? And what happens with Eric Comrie right now in the media future? Well, this is the first time he went out of the rotation since Levi's been back. Well, actually, no, I'll say since Lucan has been back from sickness. Levi came back from Rochester. He had to play a few games in a row. Lucan got back, and then they'd been in a rotation. Um, I think that's two games in a row now that Levi, Levi – got better after the third goal which absolutely wasn't his fault that was the shorthanded goal and mm-hmm. they, you know they wound up passing it for a layup that wasn't his fault at all from that point forward I thought he did make some good saves when he had to and he was kind of more into the game but you know he did let in two goals that he would want back so I would think I would say probably the rotation stays unless you want to just go with him with the Rangers again and then you know, see what the what you want to do coming out, and you know, you know, see. I don't know if you want to say he's the hot hand, but he did win, mm-hmm. and winning is the most important thing. But I wouldn't say, you know, now the last appearance by Lukanen was that nine three. I mean, both goaltenders were bad in that game. The whole team was bad, so tw- there were twenty guys that were bad in that game. And, uh, you know, so I could see maybe them going back. And he might have gone out of rotation thinking, well, Levi only played, you know, 20 minutes or whatever it was. I don't remember exactly what it was. So he didn't really get his start. So let's put him back in. And, you know, we'll see if it's a rotation again. We'll see if they go back to Lucan in. I don't have any problem with them going back and forth. As long as both goaltenders are playing well, I don't have any problem with them going back and forth. The Bruins make it work perfectly. I mean, they have two good goaltenders in Jeremy Swayman and Lena Solmark. They go back and forth, and it works fine for them. Travel to New York City today or tomorrow? Short trip in before they come back to play the Bruins. It's today where they can't, if they were on the road, then they usually are, but they're not this year. So on Tuesday's yeah. game, the Bruins can't come here until the morning. They can't come here. Mm the night before because that's still the mandatory Christmas break for the NHL. So they can't uh, board a plane and come until the morning. And I'm, it's usually the Sabres on the road because when that happens, you know, the, the players get day rooms. I don't. So I'm at the, we get to the arena for the morning skate on the road and I'm at the arena all day because you know, we, I have, we have to wait for the game, then come right back. It's like a preseason game. (laughs) That's what you do in the preseason. You go down and back on the same day, and that's what teams do on the 27th. Also, quickly, Sal, I want to tell people, they might be wondering how come they could they could activate both Skinner and Greenway and not have to do anything and have a 24-man roster. 
because of this break, or because of this where um, it's a break from putting players on waivers, you can't. it's a freeze on the roster. So you can't put players on waivers, but you can't penalize them and not let them activate people from the injury list. So they are allowed to have, as long mm. as they're under the cap, they are allowed to have 24 players until the roster freezes over, which is, you know, next week when they get back. And then they got to get the roster back down to 23. So that's why nobody was waived and they have 24 guys because they activated the two. There's the roster freeze. You don't have to do anything with the roster right now. Appreciate that explanation. And real quick, if there's some, if you want to look at some optimism, maybe for the Sabres against the Rangers, Rangers play a back-to-back. They have the Oilers at MSG tonight. The Oilers just scored six against the uh, Devils. I mean, that's a team that's going to put some stress on them and uh, make them work a little bit, obviously, uh, on the Oilers' offensive side. So, hey, you never know. Maybe the Sabres catch a little break on a back-to-back in that situation. No, absolutely. You're absolutely right. That that does help the Sabres. I mean, they'll, go, they'll practice in Buffalo today leave for New York. They'll be in their hotels by, what, 4, four o'clock in the afternoon, mm-hmm. have some dinner. They can sit there and watch the game if they want to. Now, New York doesn't have to travel, which is handy, but still, they got to play the back-to-back, yeah. so that's something that can play in the Sabres' advantage if they do it right. Paul, I did not plan on having you on today, but after last night, we had to talk to you, so thank you so much. <laughs> I know it was short notice. We didn't plan on it, and I said Merry Christmas early in the week, but honestly, this time, Merry Christmas, buddy. I hope you have a great one. Thank you. I uh, Enjoy enjoy California, and you'll be back in time to be with your family for Christmas, so that's great. Yes, it is. I appreciate that. Thanks, Paul. Take care. Paul Hamilton on the West Her Hotline. All right, we'll take a timeout. We'll come back. We will wrap up this hour and get to 11 o'clock where Josh and Zach take over on the Extra Point Show. I intentionally asked Josh... To throw, keep it up, keep it up, keep the song up. I intentionally asked Josh to play this song to end my week here with you. My dad was a very big Elvis fan. This reminds me of my dad growing up, Christmas time. I loved Elvis Christmas, and I still love Elvis Christmas. Uh, my dad passed away actually 20 years ago this year. And 20 years ago, 30 years ago this year. Sorry, 30 years ago. Jeez, man, I can't even believe that. 1993, I was 19, turning 20. And um, amazing spirit he had. He loved Christmas. He was a singer. He made records, played in Buffalo with a band. Johnny and the Fires were their name. I got to meet the um, the drummer of the band a couple years ago. The saxophone player in the band got in touch with me when he heard me on WGR. It's just, it's awesome. And anyway, so I asked Josh to play this because I love Elvis Christmas. Reminds me of my father. Reminds me of Christmas time with my father. And um, that's what time of year it is for everybody. This is an amazing song. It's great. I just watched that Elvis movie. And I loved it because I got into Elvis when I was a kid because of my dad. He was a rock and roller. I'm a rock and roller. And I'm a Christmas lover. So for all of you out there who... You know, have somebody in your life that you've lost over the Christmas holidays or you're missing this year around the Christmas holidays. I'm right there with you. And we celebrate life. We celebrate each other. We celebrate friendships. We celebrate relationships. We celebrate love this time of year. And I hope we do that this weekend. I hope you do that. I hope you get a chance to do that. However that manifests itself in your own way. Reach out to somebody that you haven't seen in a while, you haven't talked to in a while. Tell them Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, whatever it is they celebrate. Tell them how much you love them, how much you care about them, you miss them. Make sure you do that, all right? It's really important. Elvis, Santa Claus is back in town. Josh and Zach are taking over. Uh, real quick, guys, did you watch the football game last night? Thursday Night Football, did you watch it? I, I watched not. a little bit of it. It was kind of boring. It was over kind of pretty early, and then the, and then the Saints made a charge. Did you see what happened with about three and a half minutes left? The Saints got pulled within eight. And with like three and a half minutes left, they kicked an onside kick. What were they doing? And pretty much iced the game for the Rams by recovering it. I mean, the Rams got a couple first downs, but just kick it, dude. You're eight points down, three and a half. They didn't have any timeouts left, but come on. There's no chance of getting onside kicks these days. The AFC South. It's the gift that keeps on giving in the holiday season. Just lo- I love that division so uh, much. 
Or the NFC South. NFC South, yeah, NFC South. Hey, uh, what's on tap real quick with you guys the next hour? Well, we got to talk the Sabres. Um, as someone that has had a very tumultuous relationship with them this season, <laughs> last night was a ton of fun, especially against a team like Toronto yeah. at home. But then I, I think me and Josh are going to have to talk about the, the, the kind of the elephant in the room of y- you do have to win a second game in a row. Y- you yeah. have to start putting right. win streaks together. You have to start being a consistent team. And so talk about that and then – of course, the Bills, and I, we, a lot of vibe checks been going on around the station uh, this week, especially yesterday. Uh, I know Bulldog did that as well, yep. but I kind of want to see like, how people are feeling. I know Easton Stick's not really a known name. I am a big college football watcher. I know that he was the heir apparent to Carson Wentz, and that's about it. But even just you know the Patriots and then the Dolphins as well, and kind of like what games are people going to be watching this week? You know, sure. with with the Bills being on Saturday, you know, you're going to have a full Christmas Day uh, slate and Christmas Eve. Yep. So we'll talk with stuff like that as well. Well, listen, guys, Merry Christmas to you. I've cut into your time long enough. I stayed a little bit uh, longer here, and I'm, I am off to the airport to go to L.A. So have a great Christmas. Have a great show, and we'll talk to everybody when I get back next week after Christmas. Merry Christmas, everybody. Zach and Josh got you the rest of the way on the Extra Point Show. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular-season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.